The homestand is over for the Phoenix Suns. Four and two on the homestand. As unfortunately, even without John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies come to town tonight and beat the Phoenix Suns. And this is the best way that I can describe this, Matthew. The Suns, when they play a basketball game sometimes, it's like a road trip, right? They're heading from Phoenix to, let's just say, L.A., okay? They're driving out there. They're cruising. They're cruising. They're going right through Quartzsite and Blythe. They come into the Coachella Valley. They go right through that, through Palm Springs. And they're looking at the GPS, and they're like, hey, we're an hour outside of L.A., right? Like, we're, we're hit, we hit Riverside. And what happens? They blow out a tire. And then when they go to blow out a tire, they pull off on the side of the freeway and they look and they got one of those shitty little jacks that they slowly kind of they get the car up on the and then somebody sideswipes the car and and they lose. They, they don't reach their destination of winning. And that's what happened tonight. The fourth quarter Suns struck again up big. They get outscored 35 to 18 in the fourth and. Uh, ultimately lose the game by six points. There you go. That, that's all you need to know, <laughs> folks. We're done. Have a good night. When someone sideswipes a car, does someone get killed? The guy that's jacking up the car, does he get sideswiped and just murdered? <laughs> Is that what's going on? <laughs> I have some suggestions on the team who I'd like to be, to, be, <laughs> to be the guy jacking it up. Like, can KBD like be the guy jacking it up? Because I don't know what the fuck he does out there. Sometimes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And even like with book, I maybe he's a flat tire too because he might be on next game. That guy got beat up tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was a definitely weird game. Uh, I wasn't too down on this one. I know it's weird, um, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like they just missed their shots tonight. So but there's Hunt, a lot more to that. Hunt Star 05 in the chat. Suns must have misplaced their GPS because they lost out there. Yeah, they yeah. The, the, the front end of fourth quarters continue to be an issue. And you look at some of the, the stats, which we'll get into uh, as it pertains to the Suns in fourth quarters this season. And it's just mind-boggling. And I know that there's been a lot of influx, and I understand that there's been a lot of uh, up and down relative to availability for certain players and trying to get your rotations down and whatnot. But it's just, it's like, it's mind boggling how bad the Suns are in fourth quarters sometimes. Tonight is one of those sometimes. So a loss to the Grizzlies, they're what now, 19 and 17 overall. So. We got that going for us, which is nice. And we have to play the Clippers tomorrow night who are playing the Lakers right now. So plenty to discuss on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you. Even after a loss, coming and hanging out with a couple of goons like ourselves. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, hit that thumbs up button if you're feeling ever so kind. If you're feeling kind, bright side night is just a couple weeks away. The next home game, actually, for the Phoenix Suns, uh, the 16th of January at the Footprint Center. The Suns are taking on the Kings. If you go to suns.com backslash bright side, you can donate $15. It'll send a kid to a game. Hopefully, the Suns will perform in the fourth quarter for those kids. And a reminder that if you go to phoenixfits.net and use co promo code SUNSJAM10, you can get 10% off all of the cool and exciting and unique gear at phoenixfits.net. So time to start the pod, Matthew. Time to try to break down and, and, and just engage how you're feeling, engage how I'm feeling, engage how the chat's feeling, and gauge why we can't score in the fourth quarter sometimes. So pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about this hell of a win by the Grizzlies.
a lot by the Phoenix Suns, 121 to 115 at the hands of the Grizzlies. The Suns, who score 32 points in the first quarter, score 31 points in the second quarter, score 34 points in the third quarter, score just 18 points in the fourth quarter, and as I mentioned, lose by six. Which, of course, brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty! Mate! I've got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask. What the fuck happens in the fourth quarter? Why is this consistently a thing? This wasn't a thing for a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. Kind of went away. That's why I'm like, I don't understand. Are we back to the fourth quarter thing now? Yeah, well, so so think about last game, though. Like, so what's been happening over these past few games for the Suns is they've been playing well enough in the first three quarters that when they give up a run in the fourth quarter, it doesn't necessarily hurt them in the same capacity. Uh, But it still hurts them. You know, the, the last game that they played, Miami outscored them 22 to only 19 in the fourth quarter. You go to the game before that uh, when we lost to the Clippers. I don't know if I'll really uh, note that one because that was a loss overall, uh, but we did we scored 31 to 24. Uh, the game before that, the Suns route scored 27 to 23 to the Portland Trailblazers, and that's a game, I don't know if you recall, but the Suns came out flat in the fourth and kind of picked it up at the back end. In the game against the uh, the Orlando Magic, 23 points scored in the fourth quarter. They only gave up 20. They won that one by five. And I'll go just one more game before that. The Charlotte Hornets, uh, they both scored 30, but I was at that game. And the same thing happened at the front end of the third. The Suns just had some discombobulation with them. So you take a look overall as a team, they have the second worst field goal percentage in the entire league in fourth quarters. They have the uh, absolute last three-point percentage in the fourth quarter. Points per fourth quarter, they're last in the league, 24.8. And if you look at plus minus in the league, they're last in the league at a negative 2.8 on the entire season. So it's something that has been consistently occurring, but because of the way that we've been playing in the first three quarters, when we give up that run, that that 6-0 or 8-0 <clears throat> run to start the, the third quarter or the fourth quarter, uh, the Suns are still up five or six points, and then they kind of uh, – stabilize if you will and that didn't happen tonight yeah i apologize did i clear my throat into the mic i, I totally apologize did. for that yeah that was a big did. one too yeah I thought that I was a who i was like sorry wow, to ruin guy. your little um you know that, that, little rant there dude that, 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 no the no ranch just spitting facts man yeah just spitting facts suns tonight eight of 27 in the fourth 29.6 percent oh of six from beyond the arc zero percent uh, they gave up a total of five offensive rebounds, second chance points. They gave up seven second chance points, uh, six fast break points to two for the Suns. They just got boat raced in the fourth to uh, and became unrecoverable within the last minute. Yeah, so there's a few takeaways by me. So tonight I'm in right now I'm in the mood with the Suns where. I kind of just buy into the fact they're going to win these type of games right now. Like, I just mm-hmm. have that feeling like, hey, they'll pull it off in the end. Um, they'll figure it out. Like, I was doing laundry during some of the game, you know, throwing them some in. It's like, it seemed like a laundry game. Then it's like you sit back down and you hear like, oh, it's an 8-0 run again from the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, damn, what's going on, right? So the only thing I can think of is like, we even see this against the Clippers, how the Clippers obviously shot lights out, but how they are like a physical team and they have their big three and they really know what they're doing out there. So... When they play a team like Memphis, who's definitely physical, I like it 
just to see like how the Suns can respond in these instances and how physical the Suns can be. Booker really got beat up today. Anytime those guys are driving to the rim, that Memphis team was giving them such fits around mm-hmm. the rim because they're they're long. They have shot blockers down there with Biombo and JJJ. And it's just like, so if it's going to be a physical game, who can you go to? Who can get to the rim? Who can get to the free throw line? And in tonight's game, there were, what did each team have like 24 free throw attempts? So it's kind of even there. So you can't really say like, okay, they didn't get the calls because both teams weren't really getting calls. It's a physical game. So it's like, this will be a playoff type game. I feel like the way that the guys are on the floor most of the game, can the Suns maintain any kind of momentum in these types of games and like get up a 20 point lead on these teams? Probably not in the playoffs. So it's going to come down to the final, like you said, the fourth quarter, the final five minutes. And I think that's the last stop the Suns have to visit with the big three being healthy, with everybody around them healthy to see how they can close these games out. So I know it's upsetting the way they lost in the fourth quarter performances, but I'm happy in the fact that these guys are on the court right now. I still like what I'm seeing. They did miss some easy shots tonight, but defensively it has to pick up and it did the past few games. But now it's just about finishing off in the fourth quarter consistently, just game after game after game. That's the next thing. So I know it's always it's always hard to hear like how the season is a marathon, but I just like where this team is at right now during this game, before this game, the three games before, and then going forward. Like I'm just I'm not like just pissed off about another fourth quarter collapse. I don't know why. I just maybe because I was doing too much laundry. Laundry needs to be folded, and it can be calming. And it's a good feeling. I think what it is is when you're done with laundry and you folded it and you've put it away, like I did laundry like four days ago and it's still sitting on my hamper. Like it's everything's folded. I just haven't put it away. So maybe that's why like my blood's a little more up than yours is because once you put it away, it's just a good feeling, right? Like you're like, I'm done. I'm done. Like I've accomplished an adult task and I'm good for another week. And maybe once I'm done with this podcast, I need to go into my closet, pull out the laundry that I have already done. And it's sitting there. I just need to hang up the shirts and everything else is folded. I just got to put it away. Yeah. And maybe I'll kind of come down a little bit. But the, the I, I have some frustrations because I'm not completely satisfied where this team is right now because I've kind of seen this. It, it's been bubbling just below the surface even during this quality stretch of Suns basketball is fourth quarter uh, discombobulations, fourth quarters where – You'll have just Booker out there or just Beal or just Durant trying to survive for like four minutes. And the role players around them just can't do it. They can't do it. And that's what's been uh, very, very frustrating. And one of the guys uh, who has played just really bad basketball, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of wondering what the next step is, is Kata Bates Dion. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with KBD? I'm telling you right now, I am not down with KBD. In this game, you know, we talked about it in the last game. I think he was 0 of 6 from the field in the last game. This one, he plays 14 minutes. He scores three points, three rebounds, uh, one assist. He's a negative 24. He's a negative 14 in the fourth quarter. He's the one who has to come in there and provide some stabilizing minutes and not become a target on both ends of the floor. And he's, he's just not executing. And that's kind of been par for the course for KBD for quite some time. Now he's been getting some, some playing time as of late due to injuries when everybody for the most part was healthy. It was KBD who was on the sideline and bull bull got a chance. 
And with Kevin Durant out, KBD's still got some run. Well, now Bowl Bowl's injured, Kevin Durant's back, and KBD's the guy who's kind of coming out there and has wide open corner shots. And I'll talk about a Kogi too, because I'm I'm not very happy with what I've seen from a Kogi, but due to the fact that he played with more of the big three than KBD did tonight, he has a better plus minus. But that that negative 24, that negative 14 in the in the fourth quarter, that's that's the challenge with Kata Bates Diop right now, in my opinion, is those minutes in which we and the Suns need him to be a player who can consistently provide just a stopgap, just you know, a negative two, a negative three, maybe be something on some some end of the floor. It's kind of been this consistent challenge of being productive in any capacity when you have him out there and the same thing with the Kogi, like he said um earlier we'll talk about him but kbd he's in like the greatest spots any basketball player would ever want to be in right just wide open from the corner wide open from anywhere and the thing that frustrates me with him is he'll continue to shoot those and i know he bricked his first one made a second one but he has wide open lanes of the hoop and we've seen how he can finish around the rim, draw contact. And he seemed like he was, you know, um, I think 10 games in, he kind of like kind of hit a little hot streak there where he was getting to the line, getting to the rim. And I'm like, okay, now we kind of know what he can do. Now he's not that guy. So the frustrating part is when he does have those lanes, he doesn't take it to the rim. I know it's like Beal's driving. He draws a double mm-hmm. pass it back out to him. Just super wide open. You got to take it right. Well, no, not in any instant. I think EJ would have been so happy for him just to take a few of those to the rim and draw contact because like a Kogi, a Kogi's not shooting those anymore too. He's doing something else. Either he's going to run to the rim or pass it off. Like, you know, if he cuts and he'll pass it off to someone that's cutting too. But KBD just has to make sure that he's making the right basketball in his, in his actual, what he can actually do on the court because he knows for a fact that he can't really make those. He's not a three point shooter. So why the hell are you shooting those? Just do what you know, what you can do best and get to the rim. And that's where the insecurity, the inconsistency comes from. And you can see the insecurity because he's like, well, I'm wide open. I'll just jack it up. It's like, no, dude, believe in yourself to get to the rim. Do what you do best. And that's the that's the issue he's having. It's kind of like Yuta, dude. Like him and Yuta are kind of in the same spot right now. Yeah, and it's a question I'm going to ask you here in a second, but I'm literally typing out a tweet, and I'm going to, I'm going to read this tweet out as I type it. Kata Bates-Diop is a team worst negative 103 in fourth quarters this season. He's a negative 103 if you include his negative 14 tonight. That is just not good. And that's a question that I that I asked uh, or I have in my notes is at this point right now, would you rather see KBD or Yuta? And that's a really seriously tough question to answer. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. And by the way, those those that negative one oh three when it for uh Kata Bates Diop, let's see. If you look tonight, he played a total of six minutes in the fourth. So he's played a total of 140 minutes in fourth quarters. He's a negative one oh three this year. Kevin Durant, uh tonight he he was a negative seventeen. Whew. That's tough. That is Durant, tough. Durant's up there too. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you're asking about Yuta, um, I guess we can't play his drop anymore because there's no point, right? He's not playing. Yeah. Uh, it's you it's to the shooter, not you to the Puda. He, uh, he also is, it would be nice to see him out there because what we expected from Yuta is to be, you know, 
like in the Okogi spot tonight where Okogi's the first guy to come in, but he's also the one getting those wide open looks where you have still Katie out there with Bradley Beal. And, you know, you, you have Okogi out there. You can't knock down a three. KBD doing the same thing. So Yuta should be in that spot. From what we expected this season, he should have been that guy. And I was even hyped about the way he can get to the rim. So, like there was instances when he was with Brooklyn, like you can see something there. And then now you see it in Phoenix, and it's just kind of out of control. And a few times he can get to the rim and make something happen, but he should have been that guy right now. I mean, we have the Grayson Allen, who's a great fifth starter. We have Eric Gordon, who's currently hurt, who's playing a great six-man role. Mm-hmm. I think Yuta should have been like that seventh guy or the eighth guy, you know, that you can really count on. So with that missing, then you're stuck with the Okogis offensively and KBD, and then KBD defensively. On the perimeter isn't too bad, but anybody can beat him to the rim right now. Like he has absolutely no size, and his length is just even for Aaron Bain. It's just like get out of my way. Like a little push here, a little a little off arm, which everyone does. Yeah, he's basically already underneath the hoop, so he's a zero right there. He's a zero on defense for sure. And that's my challenge right now is, well, what do you what what do you value? Because KBD is giving you nothing on both ends of the floor, but neither has Yuta. Yuta's not the shooter, and Yuta on defense is really lost. But the Suns are lost on defense in those fourth quarter minutes in which KBD's playing. So if you had to choose between the two, you would most likely end up going with Yuta Wananabe because there's at least a chance that the guy could potentially hit a three-pointer if and when that opportunity becomes available. What's interesting is uh, that... When Yuta does play in the fourth quarter, he actually shoots pretty well. He hasn't played a ton of fourth quarter minutes. He's only played 101 this season. He is a negative 27 because the entire team is negative in the fourth quarter, except for Bull Bull is a plus two, and Yusuf Nurkic is a plus two. (laughs) Everybody else on the team is a negative. (laughs) Uh, But Yuta Wananabe is shooting 60, or nope, I looked at the wrong thing. I was looking at, that was free throw percentage. He's 62.5%. Uh, he's shooting three of 21. He's 14.3% from beyond the arc and threes. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's a challenge for Frank Vogel to figure out is, is what to do at the front end. Because when you have the big three, what he's trying to do uh, from a rotational standpoint is rest two of them. So you have productivity in the, the back half of the, of the fourth quarter. If you need it in a perfect world, you start the fourth quarter with Brad Beal out there and the Suns just kind of continue rolling, and Brad Beal gets to walk off the court with a 20-point lead and go and join Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. But that's not what's happening. So one of two things needs to start occurring for Frank Vogel, and that's to, one is to start the fourth quarter with two, if not three, of the big three. I don't care what the lead is. It was 11 tonight, and they opened up on a 10-1 run. I think it was a 13-1 run is what they opened up on. They allowed the Memphis Grizzlies to open up on a jaw Morant list, Stephen Adams list, Brandon Clark list, Memphis Grizzlies team to open up on a 13 to one run. What this team needs is to change up some rotational uh, focus at the beginning of those fourth quarters. I honestly believe that. I say, hey, you're up 11. You come out in the fourth, and you fucking put your throat on their neck for the first four minutes, and then you start your substitution patterns, right? You start, this. You start. okay, I'm going to pull this guy out. I'm going to pull this guy out, what have you, and stagger for the middle four minutes, and then the last four minutes, if you still need them, you finish them off. Thoughts on that? 
Yeah, you said, and I say this all the time too. You said the throat on the neck. Yeah, is that what that I said? Be, yeah, a little kissy kissy. You put your throat on their <laughs> you neck. Put their throat on their neck. Now, you uh, <laughs> you got to do that. John if you want to keep your job. Yes, let's make out. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it on the neck. They should make that a t-shirt. Uh, so, is there like complacency with the big three in the in the fact that's like. Like I said, like I feel like they're gonna win this game in the third quarter, and even in the second quarter, I'm like they're gonna pull this one off. There's just a different kind of aura with this team. But like, do they think like you know? There's no point guard. I see everyone in the chat saying we still need that point guard in the fourth quarter. So do they just think they they can you know come back in when they do a six minute mark, five minute mark, and just you know play ISO or just take their turns and just they think that they can actually end the Grizzlies that way? Like, do you think they actually think that, or are they really just? like really struggling to figure things out offensively and how to really maneuver the ball. And maybe point book needs to be more of a thing in the fourth quarter instead of just taking turns. Cause that's, that's the thing that's kind of killing me a little bit because when they lose these games, that's like the one thing I can point to is what might be the issue. No. And I, I was thinking about this a lot from, you know, you're, you're obviously referencing isolation ball at the back end of the game. So every one, every team for the most part does it. Uh, two, when we talk about isolation, the only time we're frustrated with it is when they don't score on an isolation play. We saw that that was the stabilizing force in the fourth quarter was isolation basketball by Kevin Durant. When they substitute him back in, he ran two plays ISO and he scored both times. It's like, okay, now we're starting to get some semblance of stability back. And it's only when the isolation doesn't merit points that we start pointing our fingers at the isolation, but that's the same with every possession throughout the entire game. If there's isolation and doesn't result in the basket, Oh, the isolation is not working. If they run a high screen and roll and they, they pick and pop a three up, oh, he should have passed it down because they didn't score. If they pass it down low and he fumbles the ball, it's like, Oh, why didn't you take a three? It's always the, if, if a shot doesn't fall, it's always the opposite of what occurred that is what should have occurred in the eyes of us as we watch the games. So I'm not opposed to isolation basketball at the back end of the game as the, the more I've, I've thought about it because we have three of the best isolation players in the game. That's what you want. The challenge that, that we've had isn't because of the isolation at the end of the game. It's the front end of the fourth quarter where we just completely stop playing basketball because all of our scrubs are out there and they're either not executing on offense. They're not boxing out uh, around the rim and they're allowing teams to get out and transition. And that's something from a scouting standpoint, opposing scouts have assuredly noticed and prepped their teams for, Hey, listen, front end of the fourth quarter, get out and run. Just get out and run. You're going to have KBD out there. You're going to have either Booker or Beal. So you do have somebody who's a quote-unquote playmaker and somebody who's definitely a scorer out there. But then you're going to have Josh Okogie out there. Drew Eubanks is going to be out there. Mm -hmm. You're going to have guys who lack the athleticism or the basketball acumen to really defend against that because that's not what they are out there to do. And, and teams time and again take advantage of that. And typically what the Suns do is they call the timeout, they bring another guy in, and they kind of – really uh uh settle everything down uh creepy crawly 100 right i like the way he says it's very true Re revisionist heroes that's what it is is, is whatever the whatever we do if, if we're running isolations going in nobody cares we run a couple license play I, I isolation plays oh here we go i sold ball again that's what every every team i mean that that's what worked for the grizzlies tonight 
They just isolated Jaron Jackson Jr. and he executed. So there was no issue with that. But And if Kevin Durant's executing or Devin Booker, Bradley Beal's executing the isolation, there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm kind of walking back that frustration because the more I thought about it throughout the totality of an entire game, it's always occurring. We can't get too caught up in what's occurring and why, especially when you take a look at the talent that we have. Now, if we have isolation plays with Kevin Bates Diop and he's holding the ball for eight seconds and then trying, then, then we have an issue. But if it's Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, or Devin Booker, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And uh, there's a few good points in the chat. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> we ain't shit without oh, Bull Bull. Yeah, we ain't shit without <laughs> Bull Bull. You know, it might be a thing because he does, he definitely carries that momentum. And, he, and especially the home game, man, keeping that crowd in it. But that's not it, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, we definitely miss Bull Bull tonight. Of course, like he was going off and he injured himself. Andrew Dang, Andrew Yang um, does say Suns play too soft and we're, we jack off bad shots. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's the thing is like, these these gains as it was going along, I'm like the physicality is really taking a toll on the Suns and definitely a bit Devin Booker. But if you head into the fourth quarter and it's still that physical and you are up 10 and you can see that the bench is having a hard time, it's it kind of sucks. Like they give up the 10-1 run or whatever. But I just like the trust that they had in these guys before this game, right? I feel like there was a lot of trust, especially with the injury with Bradley Beal and stuff. It kind of built up where you had the Odoka, Saban Lee coming in. Now you have Eubanks coming back. There was so much trust on these guys that really help out in these situations where you're not going to always have the big three. Like, it's just, there's mm-hmm. going to be times. And I think the beginning of the fourth is probably the best time because I'm still thinking, I'm like, if we go off this lead, which runs always happen in the NBA, it was like, I can't believe they gave up a 22 to five runs. Like, well, this is the fucking NBA. It happens all the time. Yeah. And you have the big three to come back in and close it out. So I get the fact that it's kind of frustrating to have those guys start the fourth and then give up the lead. But it's gonna have to happen sometime. I feel like, and I feel, I feel like this—the trust that they still have in these guys—is gonna continue. And they, I think Vogel's still gonna do the same thing. It's just on the big three to figure it out and how to close these things out. And they missed so many easy shots. Bradley Beal missed so many fucking yeah. shots around the rim, dude. Like he's done that a few times since being back. But that's where my mind goes. It's like I'm just happy these guys are healthy and playing and trying to figure it out right now. And it is a marathon. And like if they hit the playoffs and they're still this way then that would suck. I just realized there's so many more games. So I'm just trying to chill a little bit on the fact that it's like, it has to happen now. Cause if it happens now, then we're going to go through another like five game stretch where they suck. So it's going to happen all season long. This is the way this team is going to be. I feel like all, all year. Yeah. You're not wrong. Vogel needs to continue to have trust in KBD. He has to have trust in you to want at some point. He has to have trust in Josh Akogi, who again, underperformed tonight, in my opinion. Because you have to, because you have to right now, because this is game 36 of the season. This isn't game four of the Western Conference Finals. This is game 36 of the season, and you need these guys the better for the better part of the re- remainder of the regular season. So you're, you're right. My adjustments are incorrect. Um, and John Tran's right. Don't suck and jack off. We're going to be, get, we're going to be better. Uh, and you're right again, because when it comes to Bradley Beal, like that fourth quarter, one of five from the field. Booker, one of two. Durant was four of eight. Grayson Allen was 0 of four. So the team, and, and it was a bunch of bunnies, man. It was inside shots. I mean, Yusuf Nurkic was two of six, and that's because he was taking everything inside three feet and just nothing was falling. And you add that with, again, the fact that the the Memphis Grizzlies were just 
attacking the interior. You know, we we had a sighting tonight, um, and it, and it's and it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't even know if I know where the freaking drop is anymore. Uh, let's see. Look at that changing up our things. Um, talk about things. Oh, are you looking for the video? <laughs> Equipment manager, fallen founder says we're not here to jack off spiders. And if you could, um, where did that ref? Where is that from? Because <laughs> I I think I remember that from somewhere. <laughs> it's from the fucking Aussie Suns fan podcast. It's one of those podcasts that you don't watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I do watch it. I just don't watch any other podcasts though. But here's what we had. Here's what we had tonight. We haven't given out this award in quite some time. The Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. And tonight, that was Vince William Jr. You know Vince William Jr., right? 37 minutes played, 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 of those offensively, 2 blocks. Who the fuck is Vince William Jr.? (laughs) what the I, sam hill as soon as i saw him I'm like dude this guy's gonna be a pest defensively and he just looks like an asshole dude like especially like when uh he had the breakaway dunk um to kind of end the game and then grayson allen goes in there and a great swat you know and he's complaining that it's like what like review that shit like to the ref and stuff like this guy's a punk man he definitely he seems ex- he basically fits the mold of a memphis grizzly man and especially uh, alongside like marcus smart yeah yeah he just has that look on his face where it's just like oh dude this guy is annoying like if i were to see him on the street or something like dude like is this guy just like some kind of asshole or something i don't know just a quick glance like you're a prick that's he has prick on his face so (laughs) he has prick on his face he does he he did but again like you said a typical kind of uh the grizzly archetype right just tough gritty somebody who plays with physicality and he he i mean he definitely impacted this game this is let's see i'm I'm looking up his game high he had 15 points this is, is a game high he's done twice 19 so career high career high. there it is one there we go we gave up a career high tonight folks. points again <laughs> way to go way to go yeah this guy how, how many points a game does he score oh 5.4 5.4 points per game goes it's for 36%. 19 points <laughs> field goal percentage right yes yeah from beyond the arc he's 32.9 uh tonight he goes three of four from beyond the arc and six of 11 (laughs) and 37 fucking minutes played i mean that's x that that's what you call x factor stuff right there that's what the suns uh we get at times when like eric gordon's coming off the bench and he goes in fuego and obviously when like grayson allen goes for 31 points in our last game of victory that those are games in which we have that X factor play in our, in our favor. You got to give it to the Grizzlies. I mean, they came out gritty as hell uh, played mm-hmm. last night too, right? Didn't they play the Lakers last night? I'm not sure. Or maybe it was two nights ago when they played them. And it was, I don't know if you saw the interview, but it was like after the game and two nights some, ago. some reporter asked LeBron James, like, so, you know, any thoughts on Ricky Rubio? He's just like, great player. Sorry, man. We just got our asses kicked. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what a horrible time to ask him Any that question. Any thoughts on Ricky Rubio to LeBron yeah. James? Yeah, because he had just retired. I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, why does LeBron care about Ricky I don't, Rubio? I, I don't know. And that's when you could tell LeBron didn't care. LeBron's about so Rick. fucking fake. He's all like combing his hair and shit. Did you see his? You uh, see did you see his uh, birthday party with like they're all 80, dressing up and stuff? And Studio eighty four. He was there. Yeah. 
dude spend that money on something else i know i know they deserve <laughs> it right the hard-earned money but i'm that type of guy now it's like give someone else that money yeah you're donate to that to bright bright side night guys there Come you on. go you know, <laughs> be, 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 time. be a guy be a guy all right let's see let, let me finally get to my notes here uh I do have some positive things in here, but I'll continue the negative or just the real. <laughs> it's not even negative. I'm just keeping it a little too real tonight, folks. Hey, Joe. Where are you going with that? Gotta go. It was the first sub in tonight. And, you know, four personal fouls in the first half. Here's the question that I have after I look at Josh Kogi. Is he a tradable asset, do you think? Because the trade deadline, it's coming up. It's a month away, right? February 8th is the trade deadline. So we are one month away. So it's time to start thinking about these kind of things. Now, I know that there's a lot of challenges when it comes to what the Suns roster construction actually is. When we talk about Kogi, he's a minimum player, yada, yada, yada. Is he actually a tradable asset? So 25 years old brings toughness to a team. And I think you just have to look at the age. If it's going to be, you know, if we're trading to a team, well, like I thought maybe the Memphis Grizzlies or something like that for market smart. I know he makes a lot of money, but you're going to have to get like, give off these young guys and he's still young enough. Um, I think it's just the way that he actually helped himself being here in Phoenix. And now he's kind of a name where you hear him on a po podcast once in a while as a Koji. Um, I think that helps, dude. His He's been hurt this year, and I think he's had some hard times just kind of bouncing back because he's had good stretches this year. But once he comes back, it takes him like five or six games to really get into a groove and do his thing. Um, but, yeah, I think he, I think he's an asset, right? Yeah, I think so, but I just – I almost feel like he's a depreciating asset, asset, and that's somebody who's a veteran minimum guy. Like, he had an opportunity to go out this offseason and potentially garner more money. Somebody who was a an integral part of that eight no Kevin Durant with the Suns during the regular seasons team had his best off offensive season last year with Phoenix and didn't go and take more money anywhere for one of two reasons one he wanted to come back to Phoenix or two the the money wasn't available so if that's the case and then you add into the fact that his season this year is one of decline. And although he was a team high plus 14 tonight, those transferable skills just, just aren't occurring. He's averaging 5.7 points, but he's shooting 25.4% from beyond the arc. He's only grabbing 3.1 rebounds. Uh, he's played in 29 games, you know, 20 minutes. The production offensively just isn't there. And defensively, he, ha he hasn't been amazing this year. Uh, offensive rebounds, you know, of his 3.1, he grabs 1.5. So he definitely is somebody who, as you mentioned, you take the age, you take the, the grit that he has, there could be some appeal for another team to potentially trade for him at the trade deadline. If you want to take him and stack him with like a Nasir Little's contract, because that's what it would kind of take to get like a TJ McConnell in here. Because I am in the camp now of obviously when it comes to try to trade for anything, 
Nasir Little's got to be the guy. He's the connector contract, right? Like he's the six point one million or six point four million dollar man who's a connector contract that you, where you can take him. You can take somebody like a Josh Okogie who does have an appeal to him due to his grit, uh, and just hope that the team that you are trying to trade with hasn't been watching Suns film recently and see how unbelievably terrified he is of shooting wide open three pointers. Yeah, and if you get a guy like McConnell, it's a perfect fit, obviously, for the Suns because even watching tonight's game with Memphis. You just notice their defenders more than ours. And Okogi, mm-hmm. you just don't notice him as much. I know he's like kind of a fuck shit up guy in a way, but you don't notice him in like the critical situations of the game. Like it's just there's times where he's playing with the big three. And like I said earlier, like he's wide open for three, shouldn't shoot that. But then also like his play just like kind of going to waste. It just seems like it's so forced now. It seems like before I would I was always an Okogi fan. Coming into the season, I loved him. I wanted him to be a starter. Now I just I see him as like you said an asset, but replaceable in a way. And I I still like a Kogi. I still want to give him time to become a Kogi again. But if you can get a guy like O'Connell or T.J. McConnell, that's a better replacement for a Kogi. And otherwise, man, like the trade deadline, I like our team now the way it is. The only thing is like if you can get a a big or something to help out, that's it. But. Right now, I just like the way they are. And if a Kogi can get back to being more disciplined defensively, then he'll be fine. But we have to wait and see. And I don't know if the Suns have time for that. Well, and that was, I wrote a piece today for brightsideofthesun.com. Check it out, people, if you like to read. And I was asking just that question. If the Phoenix Suns can pull off a deal, right? And that's that's the big what if. If they could actually pull off a trade, what roster uh need should they address and you know you're saying a big i think a backup point guard is what they would most likely need and i think part of that is because of like we said at the front end of fourth quarters you need somebody in there who can actually i don't know facilitate an offense and of the 438 votes thus far on that article 42 percent uh of the voters say a backup point guard 29 percent 29 percent say a starting point guard uh, and then it kind of goes down between wings and big starting backup what and what have you. The challenge with like a TJ McConnell, and I, I know that whenever we say that, it's like ASMR, right? Like everybody, like the, the hair stands up on the back of their neck and they get a little tingle and they're like, ooh, that'd be perfect, TJ McConnell. The challenge with TJ McConnell is what and why would Indiana want to trade TJ McConnell? Like seriously, the, the, the team's 20 and 15. Unless they're trading TJ McConnell to get better, what's the why? Because adding Nasir Little and Josh Kogi isn't getting better, in my opinion. And I highly doubt in Indiana's opinion. So as you start to head to your trade machines, start taking into account that factor. Start thinking, hmm, maybe I should identify teams that are going nowhere. The, the bottom ends of different teams, right? Like the Spurs, for example, a team that's five and 29, right? Like maybe they, I'll tell you what, a Kogi is definitely a spur type player. And so is Nasir Little, you know? So maybe if we take a look at their point guard depth, and maybe there's an opportunity where we could uh, get Trey Jones, because that's somebody who I really like. Uh, if we can go after Trey Jones, perhaps that's a, a, an, a, an asset that not only you could bring over, but it's mutually beneficial. That's a team that's not trying to win a bunch of games right now. They're trying to develop Victor Wembanyama, and Trey Jones' contract it's nine point eight million. So we could take Nasir Little, uh, K 
okay to Bates Diop, send him back to San Antonio, and uh, Josh Okogie potentially to stack those contracts in effort to get him back. But you're not going to go to the teams like Indiana and say, hey, here's our shit. Can we have a guy who's going to fit our team perfectly? And they're like, of course, my friend. Here, I see you're on the side of the road without a tire. Let me jack that up for you with a hydraulic jack. They're not going to do that. It's not the way it works. No, they're not. And I think uh, Indiana, they went through a little spurt where they were kind of like, how good are we, right? I mean, offensively, the best team. Defensively, the worst team in the league. So if things were to actually, you know, crumble around there and, you know, they kind of fall back down to earth because I think they just went on a seven-game win streak or six-game win streak, then maybe Halliburton gets frustrated or something. You know, things kind of fall apart in that way. Then maybe you can ship some guys off. But I don't don't see it going that way there. They've actually had some life this season. They can't just suck it all out by trading some guy that's really helped them out. No, I completely agree. So... We'll hear that name um, throughout the remainder of this trade deadline. TJ McConnell, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, I but know. but yeah, I, I think that you know, going circling back to the front end of this conversation, Jo is a tradable asset, and he's one of our few tradable assets. Uh, well, all of them are tradable. Every one of them has a skill that's desirable. Drew Eubanks is big and and is a good rim runner. Uh, Wananabe is a shooter in theory. So maybe you you dish him out because you're like, you know what? He's not providing any production. But again, I think that any deal that's going to happen, have to occur unless you're trading pure Apple for Apple. And you're saying, we don't like this minimum contract guy. Let's trade him to this team for their minimum contract guy. It's going to revolve around Nasir little being a, a part of that. Yeah. I still, I don't give up on this guy. I know it's frustrating to see him come in early. Um, I just I feel like he's still a good piece. So you'd have to get someone like McConnell back, but and it's not see, man. It's not gonna happen. It isn't, I don't nope. think. Uh Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. It was a good Devin Booker game in my guesstimation. Still working a little bit on the efficiency from his his shot. He was nine of seventeen for twenty-four points in this game. He had eight assists. And although he kind of hung low in the front end of the first half, did a really good job at the back end of the first half as he assisted or scored on 10 of the 13 points that were a part of the 13 to three run that the Suns closed the first half on, um, you know, tweaked his ankle a little bit because why wouldn't he, yeah, uh, Kevin Durant's back. He's like, sweet. Let me, <laughs> I know, I know, let me tweak dude. this thing. You know what I'm saying? Did you hear him scream too? He's like, yeah. Ah! <laughs> ah, with the phone minister. <laughs> Got a little, wow. little phlegm on the court. You're like, oh, come yeah. on. Oh, man, I'm going to wake up. Uh, good game, though. Yeah, good game. I, I, the only I, reason we lost because Beal and Katie couldn't make their fucking shots, dude. Know, so Beal, Booker did his, his, his thing. And it's funny when we lose these games, it's like, we need that point guard. We need um we need better defense. We need to make our shots in the fourth. Uh we gotta just beat the Memphis Grizzlies because they suck without John Moran. But it just comes down to Beal, I think, and Durant just missing their shots in the fourth, especially to begin the game. Remember how bad it was starting the game? Like no one could make their shot. And it seemed like the Suns could have just went up 20 to 1 right there. That's what and drove then they were missing their shots. It was like they had their opportunities in this game. And I think Booker, for the most part, held it together. Um, you always watch between him and Beal and how, like, uh, you know, they can kind of... What is it more of, like, I think Beal and KD when Booker's off? Don't they do more Beal-KD in this game? Mm-hmm. I think it was more of that. So, mm-hmm. But then also KD, dude, it takes him a while after missing a few games. He Or it takes him one game. So next game, he'll pick it up, get, like, 38 points. Well, what killed the Suns, and you're, you're, so, you're so true, 
You're so correct. You're so true. I'm so true to you're myself. Just, oh, you're true to yourself and I am in the season and the suns and uh <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Memphis came out, they shot like shit in the first quarter, right? They end up going 10 of 28. They were two of eleven from beyond the arc. But the Suns, like after Marcus Smart missed like a bunch of threes, I mean, they were only up eight to one. Like the Suns could have boat race this boat race this team and put them away early, and they just didn't. After the first quarter, the Suns were up third. They scored thirty two, but they gave up twenty six. And the reason for that's offensive rebounds, right? Like the the Memphis Grizzlies, one they got to the line seven times to the Suns three in the first quarter, and two they had six offensive rebounds. So multiple possessions obviously lead to more opportunities, which lead to more scoring. So, yeah. It was, I don't know how much more we can really analyze this game because I think you summed it up perfectly. You're like, we sucked at the beginning when they were sucking. Like, that's you can't jack off and suck or whatever. So <laughs> while they're jacking off threes, you can't suck. Uh, and then, yeah, Beal and Durant weren't hitting their shots in the fourth. You know, Beal going one of five, Durant four for eight. And the Suns just not starting off the, the, the quarter with any semblance of congruity. And that's just how you lose games. So I think if that's all... Well, good and done. Subreddit stakeout this bitch. Yeah. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Oh, we're gonna double love, dude. No, I just wanted you to like cyberns. No, I'm wearing. Oh. <laughs> you just want to be creepy? <laughs> yeah, I'm like Assassin's Creed. Oh, you got a hood on, dude. I even realized you're wearing a hoodie underneath your jersey. I was like, what is that on your hat? I was just trying to be cool like you. You are Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Did you buy the game? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, okay. You're talking but I'm about off for the next like nine days, so I probably okay, will. So you probably will. Yeah. Oh, I got a little crumb, I think. Ooh, crumb crumbs yeah, you in know. your in your sideburns. <laughs> sideburns That's yeah, a new right? one, Elvis. <laughs> what if I just had these sideburns and I'm bald? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> bald burns. <laughs> a lot of back and forth on Biombo and the subtred and the subtredit. The subtredit? <laughs> All right. Well, subtredit. God, I cannot stand Biombo. Biombo gets a doo-doo whistle in the post damn. Biombo, thank you for your services, big dog. Uh, so it was back and forth. And a lot of it was like, I can't stand Biombo. And we went through the same stuff because it always starts with that little jump hook. Yeah. The little and he, bunny. It's like, and, and when he misses you it, that? how do you, and, how are you shooting that? And, that and when he misses it, it's just so damn frustrating. You're like, come oh. on, man. Just like, that's the one of the worst, ugliest shots in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, this game, I'm going to make, oh, this game's going to make me go loco, loco. I swear. Not just loco once. Whoa. Loco, loco. Double lokes? Yeah. And I had to search for Booker because I wasn't seeing any Booker hate, but I found something. Really? Booker is the worst superstar in the league to watch. And they brought up the fact that, yeah, he's not even voted in an all-star game yet. And then they're like, he's not even a top 10 guy. So, and of course, we already know all that stuff. We're used to that shit with the all-star game. The worst part of the lead is it wasn't made by Booker, KD, or Beal. So this is when the Suns were up and they had the support from Grayson Allen at the time and Nurk. Uh, Nard Dog has arrived. And that's a all I had. A Andrew Bernard was there? I'm like, who is Nard Dog? Who are they calling Nard Dog? Bernard. Nard. Let's see. Um, oh, Luke Kennard. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. My bad. Nard Dog. He's arrived. <laughs> the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
what else you have so in cool, your dude. notes? You look so cool, man. What's that? You looked so cool with your with your hoodie. It's this <clears> new hoodie I bought, and I really like it. It goes it with a lot of things. What? No, it's Coles. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I, in, I forgot. I was oh, Coles. Yeah, I, I was in Coles one day, and I was like, you know what? I just need like a light sweater hoodie because I don't own one. And so I bought one, and now I now I do own one. And that's how <laughs> nice. That's how that story. Well, it's it's like perfect, especially right now because it's like it's cold in Arizona, right? It's Ooh. like forty one degrees out right now. Yes. It's gonna be thirty degrees tonight. It hailed up here. Yeah, I saw that. It didn't make yeah. it down here. No, we just had these a, a couple morning. spells coming across the uh, the North Valley, and it was so cold out. I mean, these were all big old chunks of hail. And careful. So, so if you got a, a little light sweater on, you could step outside and you'd be like, "Ooh, hey, it's hailing out here." And then you come back inside and continue to watch football slash basketball. Uh, congratulations to your Cowboys. Do you know what yeah. drives me nuts about the Cowboys? Yeah, I think I know what you're going to say. But go ahead. No, I want to. I want you. I want to hear your guess. That they beat up on these terrible teams? No, not well, at all. It's me. I never have good analysis like that. I love it when they wear the dark navy jerseys because they wear like silver pants. Yeah. Because when they don't, when they because you guys always wear the white jerseys with like the bright blue numbers and then like baby blue pants, kind of like with the the color of the sweater you're wearing. And I don't like that. Like I like the silver. Yeah. I think the those, silver pants yeah. look nice. Like, why don't they ever wear the silver pants with the white? I don't know. It's always been a thing, and I've always wanted to wear that blue, those blue jerseys at home too. Yeah. It always is a better. They've been They're doing all... that more and more. They've been switching it up a little bit more and more. But not in this the past, season. It was always white. This season, it's like only the past, like I think two or three out of the last games. Yes, they have. But the front end of the season. They always wear. They're one of those asshole teams that always wears white at home. I feel like there's one other team that does that, and I can't remember. It's who it pretty is. lame. Um, yeah, it was always the thing. I remember in the past too, where it's like the Giants always. They every team wore their dark jerseys at home, and then the Cowboys would wear their white. I'm like, why? It's just. I feel, I don't know who else it is. I'm sure Jansen knows for sure. God, I feel like it's like the Packers or something. Like the Packers always wear white at home or something. Maybe no, that can't be right. No. But there is one other team. I feel like. Oh, who always wears white at home? And it sucks because like your second jerseys are good looking jerseys. Like the the silver on yeah. the helmet almost pops more because you got silver on the pants. That's the kind of shit you get when I when I talk when I watch the Cowboys. I'm like, I hope you guys fucking lose. It's uh Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, uh, I guess no, they don't wear white no. at home. I tried to do a quick Google search. Oh well. Oh well. Um, what other what other notes do you have on the Phoenix Suns game? So I did mention, nah, it's not even worth bringing up. Nah. Well, I, I have a couple. Oh, I've, I got a good question for you. Yeah. This is one that could take us home, if you will, uh, before we jam start. Well, let's just do a quick jam start, then I'll ask you this question. Let's do an even quicker jam start. Let's just go to the jam start. Jam start of the game, everybody. Do, 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 do. All right, jam start of the game. <laughs> go. Which, uh, who, who are you handing the hardware out to? <laughs> i'll give it to i'll give it to nurk dude nurk, 19. Huh? dude the guy played so hard tonight. how many times was he on the floor 20 times <laughs> like he was so tired book was beat up obviously but nurk was just the way he played against jdj was great and i think uh this is one thing i think that vogel should have staggered the minutes where he was lined up with jdj the whole game and i think he kind of missed some spots in there that hurt him that's a monty thing monty used to do that all the time um but he should have done that with nurk um, but yeah, I'll give it to Nurk. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna say Nurk as well, just because yeah. I thought that he was he was in there fighting, he was doing everything he could. 
you know, he needs a little help down there sometimes. And I've talked about that in the past. There's some games where he doesn't get all the rebounds because he's doing all the boxing out. And this one, as you mentioned, like he was grabbing the rebounds too. 32 minutes, 18 points, 19 rebounds, 8 of 17 shooting just because he missed a bunch of bunnies. But he had six offensive rebounds as well and five assists. A great game for Nurk, which kind of leads into my next question. And this is one I was, I've been thinking about. So fit is the word, right, of this season. The reason we got Yusuf Nurkic is because he fits with the team. Uh, Grayson Allen has fit with the team splendidly. And, and again tonight, uh, outside of the fourth quarter where he went 0-4 from the field, Grayson Allen was 6-15, of 4-8 from beyond the arc, had 16 points and 3 assists. Who's the better fit, Nurkic or Allen, and why? Oh, that's such a good question. Um that was going to be my my Ooh. Matthew. Well, right, I got to right. ask question right now. Yeah, but then we lost in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, well, duh, you lose the game in the fourth every time if you lose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to give it to Nurk right now, just because he's proved that he's basically hit on all cylinders with the big three. I think Grayson Allen is really close right now, and you can see it in tonight's game where he had some turnovers that were like kind of bookish, like because books moving the ball around, but he'll like go underneath. I'm not saying Book turns the ball over the time. I'm saying the way that Grayson Allen's getting under the rim and trying to swing it around, he's trying to be more like Book moving the ball, and he can do that. But right now, it's like you can kind of see now he's playing, and he's been playing a lot of minutes, obviously, but now with the big three back, he's playing a lot more minutes with them. He's trying to figure out where they're going to move, where they're going to go. So there's a few turnovers there. So he's close to getting there, and I love seeing that. But right now, Nurk's just been – he's he's 100% Nurk right now, I think. This is such a good question. I love it because the jamsters are kind of split in the chat as well, right? So like Sarah Tran says, Allen and Saul says GA eight, which I was Allen. Uh, Nurk says there's other Allens in the league. So Nurk for sure, which is interesting because there's also other Nurks in the league as well. I feel, especially at the price he's getting paid. Uh, John Tran, Allen. I think the best thing is knockdown shooting with those threes. Uh, Michael Kolb says, Nurk because double double very close though but yeah turnovers were bad. Um, when you, we talk about fit, here's here's where I'm at, and, and there's no wrong answer to this one, and that's what I think is great. But I think that for me, it's Grayson Allen because one, due to the the way that this offense is set up, he gets more space than Harry Stamper. And he's so wide open. He's just out there trying to land on an asteroid and, and he's going to blow himself up so Ben Affleck can go home and boink his daughter. He's that open. And his fit is transferable game to game. And that's what I like. That With Nurk, it's not transferable game to game because there will be games in which there are athletic centers out there who are just going to be better than him. And I still say that Nurk is probably going to have the advantage against about 20 teams in the NBA, which is pretty damn good. Two-thirds of the league, I honestly believe that Nurk can hold his own. I think that that other 10 teams or, or nine teams, because we're one of the teams, uh, will give him fits, and that's kind of the edge. That That's where I'm kind of drawing my little line in the sand at this point, this line of demarcation, because due to the fact that you have the big three playing the way that they can, Allen's going to benefit and be wide open so much. And he's what we were missing. Like when, it, when we talked about it before the season, we're like, oh yeah, we put a Kogi out there and hopefully he can hit it. No, mm-hmm. Allen will hit it. And that guy, I mean, he should be yeah. at the all-star game three point contest. Right? Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah. EJ mentioned it. I mean, I don't know if anyone's mentioned it before, but this is the first game I realized my, like, okay, 
coming in the way he came in, making his first two, I'm like, all right, he has to be in the three point contest for sure, but he'll miss it because he's his son. So sorry, GA. Um, what's so funny? John, John Tran in the chat. Alan can jack it. Yusuf can jerk it. <laughs> that's so good it doesn't take much to really make us giggle but that's a good one dude we're the sun's jam session podcast we are worried about and they're getting hurt and stuff i don't wish ill will on anybody right? no 100 percent. and it's funny it's not funny at all but da is injured um he has like a knee tendonitis thing so he's been out i don't know if he's ever gonna play this season again so oh no deandre Ayton. it's just weird how that happened where it's like i know nurk you know there's always a possibility but that was one thing when we made that trade. It's like, well, DA is healthy and he has, you know, the potential. But now it's like Nurk is. I think well, maybe maybe that's why I chose him the most because I just I'm so glad we have a center that knows what the hell to do. So a hundred percent, and it's nice to see consistently. And and I guess that's another way to kind of phrase the question. And if you phrase it and put it in that context, I see your point and I agree with your point. And that's why this is such a great question. Is like if Nurk goes out for an extended period of time and Grayson Allen goes out for an extended period of time on this team with this roster, how does it hurt more? Well, Nurk being gone would hurt more because with Grayson Allen, you're like, okay, we got Eric Gordon. You to Watanabe could potentially come in and hit some of those wide open threes if needed. Whereas like Nurk is so special in what he does and how effective he does it. And the cerebral component that, and the basketball IQ that he possesses that we has been a complete fucking void on this team for the past five seasons. So Maybe I've changed my answer, and I'll change it three more times before this podcast is done. <laughs> yeah. You know, the best – I forgot to talk about this. Nurk, the best play of the season so far is when he's trying to pick things up. He had the rebound, and he was going to give it to Beal, maybe to bring it up, but he just brought it up. And he went to KD in the corner. He's like, let's go. He's like, well, pass it up. Like, pass it back to Beal. He's like, no. Screen no. and roll, easy shot. He's like, And he's like, see, come on, let's get things going. That's yes. why he's talking to KD on the court. I was like, I love that, man. Like – He's taken so much shit this season, but he's learned everyone's ins and outs, and now he just knows exactly like how to handle everybody on the court. And he's he's very vocal, and that's what I love about him. He's very vocal indeed. He's very vocal indeed. Well, on that note, I think we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We will be back to you with you tomorrow, coming live after the Suns play the Los Angeles Clippers. They've got the Clippers and the Lakers this week, uh, and I think I think that's it. And then it's uh, is that it? Until yeah, because well, yeah, because they don't play the Lakers till um Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so I think. So that's you it. mean to tell me I have like a whole week off, and the Suns play like twice? Why couldn't I have a week off when it's like the Suns have one of those four games in a row, and, <laughs> and I just got like a, I'm no, it's better this the, way. Now you'll yeah. be really, really rested for your new job. Yeah, I'm going. Right? To, I'm going to go in like uh, I forget the guys. Uh, Peter, yeah, I forget his last name, but Peter on Office Space, where he comes and he's just like Peter Gibbons. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, I'm just gonna, whatever, man. I, I just watched. <laughs> you, you, I, I just watched Office Space the other night. I'm like, I'm oh, getting okay. ready for it. You're getting a, warmed up. You're taking notes. <laughs> a, a, a cubicle job. It's just like that. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It, it'll, it's <laughs> every cubicle job I've had has always been the exact same. So I'm looking forward to it. I've worked in restaurants for fucking and hospitality for 15 you'll, years. You'll like it a lot. It's it depends how the atmosphere is there, obviously, but um. If you're able to move around and you know talk and stuff, which I'm not really, but I still enjoy it. I don't think I. I don't think there'll be a lot of people to talk to because so many people work remote. Oh yeah, you so, said everyone's remote. Yeah, yeah. but which okay. is great. That means there's less people using the bathroom. So if like I do need to take yeah. a poop at work, I'm not afraid to take a poop at work. Like right now, at my last job because I don't longer work there, I knew the hidden spots in the building. Like there's there, we have a pool outside. 
and no one's ever in the pool house. So you just go out there and just hang out. It's nice and air conditioned, chaps your yeah. So you got to find those things. You know what, though? Really quick before we end this. So the bathroom that we use is like right next to my cubicle and like three other people. And you can yeah. hear everything that's going on. There. Oh, that sucks. Almost all the time. And I accidentally toilet bowl farted accidentally. <laughs> and it just and I don't think, It was early, though, because I got there early at eight and a lot of people don't get in until nine. So I was like, damn it. I'm like, oops. And I said, oops, really loud, too. So it's like you hear the toilet bowl part. And I'm like, oops. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody heard it, but shout out to whoever's watching. Oh, I hope. Oh, there is someone that's actually watching probably from work, maybe. Well, don't watch just, this part. just know that if, you, don't ever, don't, if you're ever at work and you hear an oops coming from the shiter, it is Matthew who accidentally <clears throat> toilet bowl farted. So on that note, subscribe, rate, <laughs> review, hit the thumbs up button. If you're on Apple Podcasts, let us know where you go to poop at your work give us five stars and let us know we'll read it right here in the pod i'd be very interesting to learn about that from all of our listeners and outside of that everybody we'll see you tomorrow night go love your family